Hello, Hopcast listeners. We're back with episode 71. It is Monday, August 24th. We're a couple days late on this one because the family and I were driving across the country, heading back to Los Angeles, and we made it safe and sound. Uh, We decided to take the northern route back, visiting Mount Rushmore, went through Yellowstone, and, and then down through Salt Lake City. Did not visit Salt Lake City. But we uh, we drove on the outskirts of it, despite every lake where he passed, because <laughs> we were driving and, and my mom said on speakerphone as we were passing Salt Lake City, she goes, uh, you know, the Salt Lake City, one of those lakes you can kind of swim in and you kind of float because of the high uh, salt content and then the kids were like can we can we swim now <laughs> we'd only been driving for like an hour that morning and anytime you stop it with kids it's like at minimum a 45 minute ordeal because you have to stop you're gonna have to run around you gotta if you stop for gas you're gonna have to wash the windows there's no matter if they're squeaky clean or not they are grabbing the little squeegees and <laughs> Go into town. That's that's the boy's favorite thing to do. They just grab those no matter where we go. And they wash the side of the car. They end up making it dirtier than when we start. But, you know, they want to help. They're having fun with it. So I'm like, all right, fine. So that that takes 10 minutes. And then by the time they got that licked, one of them's got to poop. So <laughs> we bought this little mini uh, porta potty that they can go to the bathroom in the van. So everybody else just gets out and you put the bag over the thing. And whoever has to do it does their business inside the van with the rest of us leaving. And then uh, and then they finish and we throw the bag away there at the gas pump and uh, open the windows, let everything air out. And so that takes another 10 minutes. And you got to go get snacks. Then if you're at a, heaven forbid, you're at a, um, uh, what's the gas station with the, um, with the dinosaur, with the green dinosaur? It's not Shell. It's Sinclair. Heaven forbid you're at a Sinclair gas station and uh, the kids got to all take their turns riding the little green dinosaur that's sitting there that always has a sign on it that says, do not get on. Please stay off the dinosaur. Well, they can't read, so it doesn't apply to them. They jump on there. They're climbing up the tail, trying to sit on the head. I'm like, ah, don't just don't break anything. Just please Please, Daddy hasn't worked in a few <laughs> in a few months. Just make sure you don't ba- break the big green dinosaur. Um, that takes several minutes. So if you're lucky, and then by the time you go through a drive-through, if you're lucky, forty-five minutes and you're back on the road. But if you're stopping at a Salt Lake, and we're just seeing if we can float. First of all, I don't know if the uh, science is true. I don't know if the science is gonna hold up. So I want my kids sinking to the bottom, thinking, "Oh, the salt's gonna buoy me." And uh, and then I know they're gonna get salt in there. They got the tiniest little paper cut on their knee, and they they're gonna get in there and be like, ah, dying, I'm dying. That's what it is every single time with kids when they have a tiny little cut, and then you throw them in the shower. The first of all, they wail, don't put me in the shower. It's burning. It's burning. And they just scream and like. I'm surprised we haven't had child services called on us uh, just from putting them in the shower 
when they've got a boo-boo because they just scream like you just cut their left hand off. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I don't need that in the sea salt. So no thank you. We did make a stop. Our first, uh, first major stop was Mount Rushmore. Even in the midst of a pandemic, Rushmore was open. And I won't say it wasn't uh, crowded, but it was busy. Let's put it that way. It was... Uh, it wasn't too bad, but we went there. You know, the kids thought it was cool, um, but then you you try and, like, force respect on them. Like, not respect. You try and force, like, admiration. That's not even really the word, but, like, you try to give them the gravity of who these men were and what they went through and, like, how cool it is that somebody carved these faces into the side of the mountain. And they look at it and they go, ah, faces. And then, like, you get their attention for, like, five minutes, and then that's it. After that, you know, the whole presentation that they did down there before the lighting of the faces, they could have done without that. They're like, I don't care about any of this person's accomplishments. There's a face in a mountain. Who cares? I want to crawl on this rock. Let's get the hell out of here, Mom and Dad. And so we saw it, got our picture, got the heck out of there. We, we, you know, we can show the boys, look, you've been there, you've been there, there it is. But they, you know... As far as caring about how hard it was to do that, they don't care. So you can't you can't force that on them. You just kind of got to show it to them and say, "Hey, isn't that cool? Yeah, that's cool. All right, all right, we'll move on." And I, you know, it's funny because uh, Trump had just given a speech there, like maybe a month prior, and so I was trying to tell him, you know, and the, and the president was just here. He was right here where where you are. And, uh, and I remember seeing this picture of uh, Trump when he was giving the speech and he kind of had his head cocked off to the side and they took it so you see the four heads and then his. So it's kind of like he's the fifth head on Rushmore. And I think he even did reach out. I think he had the White House reach out and say, hey, what uh, you know, do you think about that in a fifth head? Maybe old Don John? You may think maybe he could go up there? <laughs> and uh you know he would he would be happy to have that on there and I was, and and Sarah said you know if if they won't put him up there I, w- I wonder why he doesn't just buy his own mountain and and commission it and just have his own you know mount rushmore and I was like you know I bet I don't don't rule that out don't rule it. a lot of mountain tops over there a lot of mountain tops in America don't rule out the fact that he might just buy one and carve some heads in it uh, just to get himself up there, cause I mean, why not? You get that kind of money, you might as well immortalize yourself. And uh, and we were kind of joking around when yeah, who who he would put on his mountaintop. And no, it's okay. So let let's go down the list, cause first first he, he's gonna put himself on. All right, he's gonna be first. And well, I gotta I gotta put myself up there. It's gonna be the one. Uh, and then uh, you know, I think uh. I think I'm going to put Bill Clinton because I kind of like this style. You know, don't agree with his policies. Don't agree with his policies. Hate his wife. But Billy, you know, he, he's kind of a rascal. So we'll put him up there with me. And uh, you're going to have to put uh, JFK up there because, you know, he smashed. So uh, let's, let's give him. So you me. You got uh, Slick Willie. And, and I know this is a horrible Trump impression. You got Slick Willie. You got uh, JFK. And then um, uh, who, who we got? You know what? Throw me up there again. Just bookend it with me, all right? That's what we're gonna do. We're gonna it's gonna be Trump, Billy, uh, John, 
and then Trump again. All right. We'll put me on both sides. That way they know whose mountain it is. And there's you go. Trump more. <laughs> Mount Trump more. And there we got the heads. I go visit. What the hell not? Just to see how they quaff the hair. They're going to have to add add some mountain up there to be able to dig that uh, proper nest out. <laughs> uh, man. So, yeah. Went through Rushmore. And then we went through Wyoming and Yellowstone, which I had never been to Yellowstone. So, you know, as we were planning it, trying to figure out what to hit, knowing that the kids don't have respect for things like Mount Rushmore, like, okay, well, they'll enjoy the animals, they'll enjoy nature, and then we'll try, and for Sarah and I, we'll try and do, throw the rest of it in there. Now, see the things that adults can appreciate. Appreciation, that's the term I was looking for. We couldn't get the kids to appreciate uh, the the grandness of Mount Rushmore. Um, and so we knew that going into Yellowstone, we knew, okay, we're kind of behind the eight ball here. Uh, don't know what we're going to do. Um, so we go in, and uh, right away I asked the lady as we're going in. We bought the uh, America the Beautiful Pass, gets us into all national parks for a year because we're going to go camping a bunch of times this year. So I was like, let's just knock that out. And in, I, they're pretty loosey-goosey. By the way, we noticed this at uh, Rushmore as well. You go in, there's nobody at the ticket booth because they don't want to contract your COVID. So uh, they just say, here, push the button, and you get your ticket, pay for the, pay for your parking ticket inside. It's 10 bucks to park. Okay, that's easy. Uh, pay for that inside. So park the car. I've got my ticket, and walk right past the ticket machine. I'm like, here, let me just get this now so I don't wait for the crowds. And I pay the parking. I go in, and I noticed during the presentation they announce, and oh, well, it was right before the presentation of the lighting, of Mount Rushmore, they announced, hey, if you haven't paid your parking yet, now's the time to just backtrack, go do that, and then come back, watch the show, because that way you don't get stuck in traffic like some schmuck. And so they said that, and I was like, oh, that's a good idea, yeah, because you got like 25 minutes before the thing, go back and pay it so you don't have to do it then. And But I had already done mine, and so we get to the car, which we had forgotten where we parked, so... <laughs> We were searching around with three little kids like, hello, tries to hit my emergency uh, emergency button on the little clicker just so you meh, meh, meh. But I wasn't even close. There was another parking garage I was unaware of. Finally found the car, pulled out. Guess what? All the, uh, all the little guard gates that uh, come down, you got to put in your ticket I paid. Don't worry about it. All of them were up. Nobody had to pay. Getting a little loose in the midst of a pandemic. They're just like, I don't care. Just get the hell out of here. We already got your money. We know it. Um, and the and the front of Yellowstone was that way, too, because we bought the, the uh, parks pass, but didn't have time to get it in the mail, so we just had it on the phone. Just like, here it is. Here's the receipt. And both times we entered Yellowstone, they barely looked. Barely looked. It was like, I, oh, I bought the America the Beauty. Oh, yep, yeah, okay. See ya. Go on in. <laughs> just they just don't want to deal with you at all. They just like I don't care. Go in, get it going. And, but but I asked that gal. I was like, hey, what should we do? First timers. And so they gave the kids these little pamphlets so they could cross off when they see an animal. And so we went through, saw a ton of buffalo, which that's kind of the headline of Yellowstone. Like they got a bunch of other things. They've got uh, they've got elk and some bears and wolves and and moose in there. But like every, you're there for the bison. So we go, we see a bunch of those. After you see three, four hundred bison on the side of the road, you're kind of like, okay, we've seen that. Let's continue. 
And then we didn't see anything else, you know, outside of like squirrels. And uh, and then at the very end of the day, we saw some elk, some female elk, not even the ones, not even the males with the big horns and the bugle. Um, but uh, I just got a funny email. Um, <laughs> I may have said the wrong thing. Anyway, um, yeah, we saw some elk. And then we stayed in West Yellowstone. So we walked around all the geysers and things like that. And then we stayed in West Yellowstone. And then we did like one of those nature preserves there where they had uh, they had bears and they had wolves. So we go, you know, knock those off the list. Yeah, you're not seeing them in the wild, but at least you're seeing them. There's a grizzly bear right there. There's a timber wolf right there. Cool. Check them off the big board. My oldest is like, we didn't see them in Yellowstone. Oh, shut up. All right, you saw you saw damn bear there it was. Uh, then we went in the park and then we saw the like grand prismatic, which is the kind of yellow and blue looking geyser like pond that's you know got the crazy coloring. And then we went to see Old Faithful, which we crushed because that bad boy only goes off like every sixty to ninety minutes, and it's unpredictable. We we were like, well, we gotta see it. We parked, walked away. <laughs> we parked. Uh, middle kid goes, got a poop. Uh, no, no, oldest kid got a poop. So he stays behind with mom, poops. We walk up. I walk up with baby in middle, and I look at the clock, and it says, expected to erupt at 125, and it's like 132, and I go, did it, did it not go? And she goes, no, hasn't gone yet. So we walk up. Two minutes later, the poopers come back from the van. I go, hey, it hasn't gone off yet. We're just in time, I think. And then, like, maybe 30 seconds later, when we're all five standing there, blows up. Watch that happen. It happens for, like, a minute. Get our picture in front of it, and we're like, all right, adios, let's go. Nailed it. It wouldn't, couldn't have happened any more perfectly. Um, so that was cool. We got our picture. But then again, the kids had no admiration for that. Just none. They didn't care. They're just like, okay, yeah, water's coming up. Doesn't matter. I mean, we got sprinklers at home. What's the big deal? Uh, <laughs> but we did that, and um, we made it back. Oh, 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 I was going to tell you. Um, when we got there, uh, like right away when you pull in on the eastern entrance, they've got a little, like, store. There you go in. So I, I grabbed our lunch. And uh, also, uh, Sarah was like, you know, look and see if there's something, you know, for bears. And we had seen in the magazine, you know, get your bear spray. Don't get caught without it. And um, and so I bought the bear spray. I went in and, of course, it's, you know, we're in the park. So, you know, you're going to pay Disneyland prices in here. The, you know, sandwich is $14.95 and, and bear spray, uh, 36-foot range, uh, $50.00. Goes for seven seconds. And I'm looking at this package, and I'm going, all right. All right. 36, 36 feet. Not 36 yards, 36 feet. And you're thinking, okay, that's that's not even four basketball hoops stacked on. So you're kind of looking across the store. Okay, what is 36 feet? And you look at it, and you go, that is way too close for a bear to be. That's way too close. If a bear is 36 feet from me, I I don't need the bear spray because I poop my pants, and hopefully the bear stays away from that. Um, but, you know, you got to buy it. You got to buy it. You look at it, you go, $50? Are you serious? Fifty? You're gouging me $50 for 36 feet, seven seconds. Like, this is going to do nothing. This is, the, this is the equivalent of, like, trying to throw a noodle 
at a freaking tiger shark coming at you. And, <laughs> and but but you got to buy it. You got to buy it. I, I bought it, and I went, and, and Sarah goes, oh, you bought the bear spray. How much was it? I go, 50 bucks. She goes, $50? You spent $50 on, on bear spray? I go, you know, what? I don't want to be in a position where I wish I had it. You know, <laughs> like talk about your ultimate cheapskate. If if it was only $50 and then you actually come face to face with the grizzly and you just, you know, you got nothing but a, a rock to throw at it. And you go, man, I should have paid the $50. <laughs> Even if it's useless, at least it gives you something to do in your last seconds. You know, I don't want to just be the guy standing there like, just stand your ground. If you encounter a grizzly, stand your ground. Yeah, right. I got I got three little kids that, you know, run at the sight of a snake. You think they're going to stand their ground when a grizzly comes charging? No, they're going to run. And I'm pretty sure it doesn't matter if I stand my ground, if I got three little tots scampering off behind me. <laughs> so I bought the bear spray and we had it in case. And, and if you got it, carry it, carry it. But the whole time I was like, oh, don't let this thing go off in my pocket and but it, you know, it doubles as mace, doubles as mace. So now I got Sarah carrying it around in her purse, case case of wily characters approach her here in the in the city streets of Los Angeles. She's got bear spray <laughs> to take them down. Um, we made it back, made it back late on um, on uh, I forget what night we made it back. A couple days ago, made it back late, and uh, we hadn't told a lot of people in our apartment complex that we were. That we are going, and here's how I know that without a doubt, 100%, we are the loud people in the complex. 96 units here, we are 100% the loudest because we told very few people we were going, and yet everybody we saw said, "Hey, welcome back." <laughs> That's how you know you're loud when you you didn't tell somebody that you were going to be gone and you were gone for a few months. They're like, "Hey, where you been?" Like, of course. Okay. Yeah, I get it. And everybody was very nice about it. They said, you know, oh, we missed, we missed hearing the kids. We missed, uh, we missed seeing them around, hearing their little laughs. But that, you know, they're being nice. They're being, and I'm sure to an extent they did miss it, but I'm sure there were times where had we been here, they'd have been cursing us, uh, <laughs> like everybody else. So that, I was kind of like, the first welcome back was like, oh, thanks. And then the second one was like, yeah, yeah, okay. And the third one, I was like, all right, I get it. I get it. You don't have to tell me. All right. I get it. Certain things you don't have to be told. You just you just understand, okay? It's like it's like when I first moved out to Los Angeles and uh, I made friends with this gal that um, that went to Indiana University and and she was very nice and she included me. Like if she had a party or something, she included me and she had uh, she would invite me. She was like a party planner, or PR person, and she would have these. Her company would have these swanky Hollywood glitzy parties and she'd always put my name on the list She's like hey if you want to come you got nothing to do come over and uh and you can uh go to this party and and you know drink the free booze and and see whatever's going on so uh i remember one time uh travis barker which if you know anything about my musical taste you know blink 182 is like where my musical taste was cemented like in high school you know that's that's kind of what i identified with and so uh really like Blink. So Travis Barker was playing this uh he'd played drums with this DJ named DJ AM and they were gonna there was a brand grand opening of some uh some bar 
in North Hollywood and uh, they were going to play at this. I was like, oh, that's awesome. So I got my buddy Eric, uh, Eric Smith and I, we went, I was like, hey, I can get us in. And the gal was super nice. She got us in and we go and we're, you know, standing right there in the front of, uh, I'm going somewhere with this. We're standing right there in the front of uh, Travis and, and the DJ playing and they play this cool little duet thing for like 45 minutes and it's awesome. And then, and then Travis like, you know, chucks his drumsticks on the ground right in front of me. And I'm like, boop, got those. And then they walk off and they're walking right there. There's not a lot of people here. I mean, it's packed, but there's not, you know, a couple hundred people or something. And, and they just walk right in front of us off into this little private room. And I look at my buddy, Eric, and I was like, Hey, let's go. Let's, let's go see what's over there. Like, there was no caution tape or like no door or anything. They just walked. They just walked into this side room. And my buddy and I, we just walked in. And now we're at the like VIP section of, of Travis Barker and DJ AM. And there's maybe 10 to 15 people in there. And they're like, hey, what's up? And we're like, hey. Nice job. That was fun. And nobody says anything to us. Nobody like checks our ID. Nobody checks our name on a list. We just go in. We just like follow them in. <laughs> just a classic sneak move. And we just follow these guys in. And now we're in there playing, you know, pool in the VIP area. And I remember he was married to like uh, this like Shauna something back in the day. She's like, I don't know. She was in all the tabloids at the time he was married to her so she was in there she was playing pool me and my buddy erica playing pool and and travis is you know over on the corner they're just talking it's the first time i remember too because it was the first time i had ever seen a uh, rock star energy drink and i remember seeing it and energy drinks weren't real big at that point maybe red bull was around but i remember seeing that and going geez is this what they is this what he drinks just this rock star energy drink and i I didn't see him drink any, but they had like cases of it right there. I was like, what the hell? This must be some kind of like a special thing that's happening. And I didn't, I didn't have one then, but that was the first time I ever remember seeing one of those. I was like, oh, this must be some special like a uh, rock star thing only for rock stars. <laughs> now you can get it every 7-Eleven. Uh, but we must have hung in there for like an hour and a half. And then my friend who got us into the party like is standing outside that door and she looks in and sees me. I got, I got Travis Parker's like uh, drumsticks hanging out of my pocket and she sees me in there. She's like, what the hell? And I go, I don't know. We just walked in here. She's like, what? you can't, you can't do that. This is my job. You can't, I got you in here. You can't just freaking." I was like, ah, damn it. I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't think about it like that. And, uh, I never got invited to another party again. And it's one of those things that you don't have to ask. You don't have to be like, Hey, why, why don't I, uh, I don't get my, uh, wristband anymore. <laughs> you don't have to ask. Okay. You, you don't have to, you don't have to wonder anymore. So that, that's where that story, that's what made me think of that. Um, just uh, some things, you know, are unsaid, but understood. I, I never asked and she never talked to me about it again, you know, but, uh, that was, it was a fun moment. I still have those, I still have those drumsticks too. Those, uh, Travis Barker signature drumsticks. And, um, I, uh, every time we move or every time I, I look at them, I go, well, maybe is it time to get rid of these? I don't, but I don't know. You know, I, I, they always reminds me of that day. How long do you hold on to things? How long are you supposed to hang on to things? I know we're like 
you know, in small areas and becoming minimalist to a certain extent. You don't want a bunch of crap around, but... And I know if it came, push came to shove, so I'd be like, just get rid of these, just to donate them or whatever. But they're, they're perfectly good drumsticks, and you can tell they've been played quite a bit because they got the nicks around the edges, and it's got his like own stamp on them, so they were made for him. It's kind of cool, but I, every time I look at those, I think, uh, should I get rid of these? They're worth, they're not worth anything, probably. You know, maybe ten bucks on eBay or something, but. Uh, you know, I, I like them more than I like the 10 bucks. So I'm hanging on to those. And it's going to be one of those things that the my kids find when I <laughs> when I perish and they got to go through all my crap to get rid of it. They're going to be like, what the hell, Dad? Who the hell's this guy? Why does Dad have drumsticks? Did Dad play the drums? I never remember him playing the drums. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, I want to try something new here on the podcast because I, I don't know i'm feeling weird about not having performed and we're going on like 170 days or something like that um and, well by the way i did just get booked for a uh, a private event uh in december so it looks like uh, there will be comedy in 2020 but just nothing nothing public as of right now but i'm i'm starting to hit up clubs and see about uh next year hopefully we get this uh this vaccine, which I'll be excited to take, excited and nervous, but excited to take and um, get that knocked out so I can get back to work. Um, and hopefully 2021 will be a good year. Um, but it's something new I wanted to try on the podcast is like, uh, you know, I don't know if I'll do it every single week, but I want to talk about uh, insecurity and confidence because that's something that uh, I think pretty much everybody battles uh, on, if not a day to day, at least a weekly basis, you know, you kind of try and gauge your success and how you're feeling about your life. And you kind of, you know, you can't help but to compare when you see, see what other people are posting on social media, things like that. So normally I'm a pretty positive guy and, uh, got some confidence going and I was really, you know, cranking forward, uh, with the career, but, you know, things can always get better, and sometimes those little insecurity demons, they crop up. So I want to I wanna list one uh, thing that I'm insecure about, and then one thing I'm confident about. And just kind of, just, I don't know, I guess to share, you know, share my insecurities, because if you name them, you know, you, you, you kind of take power away from them. You kind of you realize them, you can look them dead in the eye. It's like why most people don't, you know, Look at their finances because it's it's a freaking nightmare most of the times you look at it and you go, man, this isn't going well. I, I knew I had to pay that bill. I didn't want to pay that bill. Is that all I have in the bank? Um, you know, but if you if you face it head on, then you're like, you know, you're assessing the damage and you can you can address it and move forward. So I'm going to assess these things and then end with like something with confidence so that, you know, I don't completely end this podcast and, and just put everybody in a fit of despair. Um, so one thing, as I mentioned, it's been like 170 days without, uh, doing a live show outside of zoom. I don't really count the zoom shows. They're, they're fine for what they are, but that's not real stand-up comedy. So I don't really count that 170 days. And I, and, and when I, I got, feeling this way when I booked that corporate event for December because I looked at it and I looked at the calendar and it's four months away I go okay you know normally I look at that and I think oh good that'll be fun that'll be a fun thing and now I look at it and I go oh I hope I'm funny I hope 
by December 12th, I'm funny because I don't know, like stand-up's one of those things that unless you're doing it constantly, you know, you kind of lose that muscle. So I got, I got nervous, uh, like, like beyond just excitement nervous that I normally get before a show. There's a little bit of nerves, but it's really just excitement that I have uh, to to do the show. Uh, but now for the first time in a long time, I got nervous. I was like, oh, I hope I'm still funny. And, you know, I'll do my prep. I'll do my prep. I'll do I'll take as many Zoom shows as I need to to kind of get back going up. And, and I'll, I'll review tapes and stuff like that. But I'm looking at it on the calendar and all of a sudden I'm insecure about being funny, which is a weird thing. I realize that's a that's kind of a unique thing to to worry about being funny, but that's that's the thing, you know. You people people spend money on you. They they buy a ticket to come see you, and in this case, a company you know pay, is paying to bring me in to the special event to have you know people are giving up their Saturday night to to like come see a little bit of comedy and have have fun time together, and like it, a lot of it hinges on whether or not I can be funny. And I'm just like okay, I'm a little bit insecure about that. And so that that's something, you know, I don't know if what uh, another job equivalent would be of that. If you got a big speech coming up or something like that, or you got to give a presentation at work, that is something you're worried about, something that puts you out of your comfort zone. But all of a sudden, you know, this thing's on the counter. I'm hoping, I'm hoping the vaccine comes through, you know, like October, November, and then like I can be one of the first ones to get it and and just get out there and start working again so i can i can brush up because it's it's not like riding a bike where you get on you know, the first 30 seconds are bad if it starts bad it, it can it could be bad the whole way and corporates corporate events are uh notorious for not being set up properly you know the worst one i ever did was for this golfing thing in san diego and i was handed the microphone from the back of the room and they go, here's your microphone. Uh, no, 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 no. The guy came up to me uh, who was introducing me, and and he goes, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna go up and introduce you. Um, and I go, oh, do you have the microphone? And he goes, it's up there. And he pointed to the podium. So now I'm gonna do a corporate event to a big old room uh, that's at this golf course, and I have to sit at a podium and tell my jokes into the little little microphone that's sticking up right there so I'm, I'm stationary now i can't even move around i just gotta talk from this podium i was like oh damn it and this was this was early on so i you know now i see something like that and i go hey we gotta have we gotta have a walk around mic it cannot be behind that like we gotta figure this out make sure the lighting's right all that stuff but this was a nightmare and i was so young in my comedy career and and the guy goes okay i'm gonna go introduce you and he walks up he goes, all right, thanks, everybody, for coming. And, you know, we raised a lot of money for the blah, blah, blah. And um, uh, now uh, the the buffet is open. Now here's your comedian, Nick Hoff. And a couple people clapped. And then most people stood up and got in line at the buffet. I was like, oh, son of a bitch. Like, I can't believe this is how, and so for like, I think I had to do a half an hour and for a half hour, I was just eating it. And I was trying to connect with people. I was talking to people in the buffet line, trying to like engage with them because there were so few people sitting in their seats and I'm behind this podium. The whole place is lit up like the 4th of July. There's no mood lighting at all. Everybody's just shoveling mashed potatoes and, and prime rib onto their plate. And I'm up there trying to tell you about my, uh, 
being scared of sharks routine. Dude, sucked so hard. So, yeah, I got this corporate event coming up. Little bit insecure about it, you guys. So, even though, you know, I project confidence and I try and and I try and live my life that way, you know, well, we're not without our little demons that prop up and then put these little seedlings of doubt inside our head. Um, but I'm going to get there, I hope. And, and that's where the confidence comes in. This is then a thing that gives me confidence. Like, I feel this insecurity cropping up. But, listen, in March, you know, my last show was in Salt Lake City. In March, I was I had been working almost every weekend since, like, the middle of January through March. I had been doing shows, 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 shows. And I was building this new hour, and new material was coming through, and new jokes were starting to click. And I felt like in March, when everything hit, I was just on all cylinders, just bing, bang. I was at the top of my game, and I was feeling kind of, like, indestructible. I had had a couple weird shows where, like, normally... You go, oh, this isn't good, and I was able to turn it into something that I felt was really great. I had done a couple clubs I had never done before. Dude, 2020 was feeling like it was the year of Nick Hoff, and I was moving everything in the right direction. I had some late-night things that I was trying to push out there, um, and I was going to do a new album uh, recording in May. I was just cruising along, and then this hit. So anytime I feel that insecurity, I go, no, we we know what we're doing. We know how to how to get there, we just got to get back on and, and start the momentum rolling again. I know it's going to take a few shows to get back into it, but I know I can get back there. Funniness has not left, despite the fact that this podcast hasn't been <laughs> real funny. Hopefully you got some chuckles out of it and, and got something from this. Uh, you know, I'm sorry that the podcast a few days late. Um, traveling across the country will do that. I'm going to do another one this Friday, make sure that's up and out there. And if you guys, some of you have been sending me suggestions of people that you'd like to see on the podcast, and I'm happy to reach out. If you think somebody that would be good on this podcast that you'd like to hear talk to me, uh, you know, send it to me on social media or email or whatever. I've got all my contact info, nickhoff.com. Uh, you know, share this with your friends. Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you rate and give a review to this podcast because that's how, you know, Apple Podcasts and, and Spotify and that, how, how it ranks it. And if you're on Spotify or Pandora, make a Nick Hoff station and, and it'll give you other comedians that are kind of like me. And every time my track gets played, I get paid a little bit. So do that. If you haven't bought my album, get on NickHoff.com. Do that. Be happy to sign it and send it off to you. Um, and I hope everybody's doing okay. Make sure you keep your head up. Stay confident out there, even with insecurities. Make sure we stay confident. Doom, doom, bip, everybody. Let's keep going strong. 2020. We're, we're over halfway through, you guys. We can do it. Talk to you next week.